This is a Snow India production and you are listening to Climate Emergency. On the National Disaster Management Authority website, there are do's and don'ts for every natural hazard. Some of the measures listed for heat waves are, I quote, avoid going out in the sun, especially between 12 noon and 3 p.m. Avoid strenuous activities when the outside temperature is high. Avoid working outside between 12 noon and 3 p.m. These and many other measures are not practical for Habibul. He is a 60-year-old construction worker. I work from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Even if it's hot, we have to work. If we don't work, they won't give us the money, will they? He's a daily wage laborer earning rupees 400 per day. He travels by train from his home in West Bengal's Birbhum district to the capital city of Kolkata for work. The journey is of five and a half hours and costs him a hundred rupees. If he travelled by bus, he says it would cost him five hundred rupees, which is more than his daily income. It's a poor man's household. We have to work to eat. It's not like our father had land or property that we could sit and eat. As long as I work hard, I can eat. This is the thing. This year, parts of Asia, especially India and Pakistan, saw longer heat waves earlier in the year than usual. According to the World Weather Attribution, the first heat wave in March, which was six weeks long, was a one in a hundred year occurrence. But we may experience such heat waves much more frequently than that as global warming worsens. This is Dr. Dilip Mavalankar, the director at the Indian Institute of Public Health, Gandhinagar. So as you know, because of global climate changes or climate change happening, there is global warming also happening. So average temperatures are going up and more and more heat waves are coming as well as the frequency of heat waves also increasing and temperatures are increasing. So if you see last 20 Ah, 22 years, uh, the hottest almost 16-17 years have been in the last 22 years. So what it shows is that after year 2000, there has been increasing heat waves and increasing maximum temperatures. You may have seen the news in March, around 22nd of March, there was news this year saying at the North and South Pole, the temperature had gone up by 30 to 40 degrees uh, as compared to what it should be. So there is a major shift in temperature in the poles. And similarly in our country also we are seeing hotter and hotter summers and more heat waves. And this year it is predicted by IMD that this year will be even more hot than the new normal years in the past. So we are likely to get more heat. If you looked at the March temperatures already, it crossed, uh, I think 35 or 38 degrees and which was hottest March month 
in 122 years and similarly April has been also quite hot and one of the hottest April months this year and first week of May already had a early heat wave so we are likely to see more and more heat waves in this year. In such extreme weather people like Habibul are more vulnerable. Not only is he vulnerable due to his age, being 60 years old, he also has to perform strenuous work under direct sunlight. This is Surya Tapa Mukherjee, your host for this episode of Climate Emergency. Today we will look at the impact of heat waves on those who are most vulnerable to it. I spoke to Dr. Dilip Mavalankar, who designed South Asia's first heat action plan for Ahmedabad. I spoke to Jagdish Patel, the Director of People's Training and Research Centre, who works on occupational health and safety rights. I also spoke to Aroti Noshkar and Sheila Chakraborty, who work as sweepers with Kolkata Municipal Corporation, and Habibul, who is contractually hired as a construction worker. In 2010, summer temperatures in Gujarat's Ahmedabad rose to 46.8 degrees Celsius, causing an estimated 1,300 deaths in just one month. That marks the beginning of the conversation on heat waves in India. So in Ahmedabad, we developed the South Asia's first pioneering heat action plan in 2013 and implemented it. It had four parts. One was an early alert system. So prediction of how many, much temperature is going to reach in the next four or five days. That is the role of India Meteorology Department. So they provide now with early prediction. Second is uh, public awareness. So once the IMD predicts heat, the city nodal officer looks at it and sees where, which level of heat is going to come. Is it orange alert? Is it red alert? And issues a press and media warning. So that people also know that tomorrow red warning heat is going to come or temperature is going to go more than 45 degrees. So alerting system. Second is public awareness. So public should know that if the heat is very high, they have to take steps and to cool themselves as well as avoid heat exposure. So educating the public. So what to do? And there are very simple things that need to be done. For example, if you don't need to go out in the heat, you have to avoid going in the heat, especially when the heat wave or red alert is there. Second, if you had to go out because of work or whatever, you must take lot of water and keep yourself cool. Don't go in the sunlight, work in the shade. If you can't do that, then if you are working in the sunlight, you must take a break after every one hour for 10 minutes or so. So the body becomes cool, then you start working again. So that is the third thing. So what steps people should take? Fourth is if you feel uncomfortable, giddy or 
uh, feel uh, nausea, vomiting, uh, start becoming semi-conscious, then immediately you have to be rushed to a cooler place, spray water on the body and try to cool the body and call ambulance and go to the hospital or health center. So that definitive treatment can be given. So these are the kinds of things which people have to do. These are mostly steps that people can take to protect themselves in a heat wave. But what can government bodies do? The actions which governments have to take, for example, in the cities provide places where people can wait in the shade. They don't have to stand in the sun. So keep the gardens open, uh, provide water on the street, free waters to drink. Because water is a very life-saving thing in heat wave. Because if you take more water, one is body remains hydrated, second is you get more perspiration and by that uh, body can be cooled. So providing water. Third is uh, alerting people whenever the heat wave is going to come. Fourth is changing the work pattern. If suppose red alert is there, then ask people to work early in the morning and late in the evening and no work of hard labor type work should be allowed from say 11 o'clock to 4 o'clock in the afternoon because that is the maximum heat time. So this is how you reduce the exposure. Then you have to train the doctors, hospitals, nurses, health centers, ambulance service to receive heat emergency cases and immediately treat them with proper protocols of treatment including uh, cooling of the body as soon as possible, correction of the dehydration and supportive therapy. One thing to remember is that heat stroke will not be helped by taking normal fever medicine like paracetamol or aspirin or others which we normally take in fever will not work in heat stroke because heat stroke happens because of a very different mechanism and it will not be helped. So, making the health system ready is the third pillar and fourth pillar of the heat action plan is to take long-term measures to keep the buildings cool through cool roof. So, painting the roof white color so that the heat doesn't come in, it gets reflected. Making new roofs which are in more insulating. Then buildings which will keep cool through uh, different mechanisms. Planting more trees so that they will absorb the heat and keep the temperature down. Provision of more blue spaces or water spaces like uh, rivers to be filled with water or uh, ponds to be filled with water so that temperature of the city remains low. So such long-term measures are also required. So this is what a heat action plan is and this is what was planned in Ahmedabad and implemented since 2013. Following this, we showed that the mortality at peak temperatures, which is 44, 45, came down by 30 to 40 percent after the heat action plan was implemented. And this was taken as a good indication of effectiveness of the heat action plan. And that is why the central government, National Disaster Management Authority took interest and replicated our plan 
in many uh, cities throughout India. And now this has become a national plan, a model plan they have put on their website. And NDMA asked each city government, district government and state government to develop their own heat action plans and implement them in the summer. The National Disaster Management Authority or NDMA has categorized 23 of India's 28 states and some 100 cities and districts as being at risk of suffering extreme heat. But not all of them have a heat action plan, let alone one as successful as Ahmedabad's. Some of the places where heat action plan is going on well is Ahmedabad, Telangana, Orissa uh, and other cities in Maharashtra near Nagpur which is called Vidarbha which is also a very hot place. Orisha, one of the leaders in this regard, institutes a number of measures to protect people from high temperatures. After 2,042 people were killed in 1998, the state began treating heat waves as a disaster on the scale of cyclone or flood. Schools, colleges and government offices open at 6.30 am and close by noon. Public transport does not operate between 12 noon and 3.30 pm. Public wage programs like the Mahatma Gandhi National Rural Employment Guarantee Act or Narega are halted from 11.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. However, in its neighboring state of West Bengal, there is no heat action plan. According to the United Nations 2021 Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change or IPCC report, Kolkata has seen the maximum rise in heat over the past seven decades among the urban centers studied across the globe. Between 1950 to 2018, Kolkata recorded the highest rise in surface air temperature, 2.6 degrees Celsius, among the cities and regions studied. It has become a heat island due to rapid urbanization. According to the 2022 IPCC report, Kolkata will experience heat equivalent to the 2015 record heat waves every year. In 2015, the heat wave killed 2,500 people in India. Although there is no statewide or even citywide heat action plan, not all daily wage workers face the same issues. For sweepers working for the Kolkata Municipal Corporation, the situation is a little different. This is Sheila Chakraborty. She is 45 years old. Now about the weather, it is hotter. It was not so hot before. We suffer more now. It was not that bad earlier. We have worked in the heat before too, you know. But now the heat is just unbearable. Whatever, even if it's difficult, we have to do it. Thyroid, blood pressure, everyone has these problems. We have them too. I have thyroid, uric acid issues, everything. And with all that, we have to work. These women work for about four hours, cleaning about two miles and get paid 202 rupees a day. If they don't work a day, there is no pay for that day. To run their homes, they supplement this job with working at people's houses. Aruti Noshkar is 50 years old. 
She leaves her home in Rania Moza early in the morning with enough water for the day. She rides her bicycle for an hour till she reaches the Jadavpur area. First, she works in people's homes. Then she makes her way to the municipality office in the afternoon. After her sweeping duties, she returns home in the evening. I asked her how it has been working during heat waves from early on this year. In April, the mercury touched almost 40 degrees Celsius in Kolkata, reaching a maximum of 39.6. In May, the weather has cooled a little due to thunderstorms to around 35 degrees Celsius. We would suffer a lot continuously on the road in the sun. Won't it be difficult? After that, too, just some days ago, the heat was really high. Because of the heat, only they changed the time. Now we sign in at 2 p.m. till 2:30 p.m. Everybody finishes signing in. Then, by the time we reach the spot, it's 3 p.m. We work from 3 to 6 p.m. They change the time because of the heat. Earlier, we would sign in at 12:30 and work from 1 to 4 p.m. continuously. Because of the heat, they shifted the time to later. In the evening, after 4 p.m., the heat is less. The peak heat we would experience right from 1 p.m. has been avoided. Dr. Dilip Mavalankar says that there are two ways in which heat affects the body. One is the direct impact it has on people working in the sun. and then there is the less obvious way in which it affects older people with comorbidities now what is not understood well is heat can also affect elderly people so one is heat affects young people who are working in hot sunlight and that is where uh, we call it as direct heat stroke that somebody is working in hot sunlight and suddenly develops unconsciousness or has a uh, giddiness falls down starts having convulsions and if you measure the temperature it is very high and the skin is very dry that is called direct heat stroke but when the heat waves are there or temperature outside is very hot even people sitting in the home without any air conditioning or cooling can also become very hot because of outside temperature being high and especially comorbid or old people or newborns can become very hot and that can lead to heat stroke uh in the elderly and comorbid people this is called indirect or non exertional heat stroke they may not be doing anything they may be just resting in the home and still because the temperature outside is very high inside the home is already high and they develop heat stroke now most of the heat strokes are like this old age people and comorbid people and the direct heat strokes are a small part of the total heat strokes and that is why many times we are not capturing the correct mortality and morbidity because of the heat waves because the direct part of the heat stroke is small and indirect or non exertional is very high People like Aruti and Sheila are hence vulnerable for various reasons. They are older with comorbidities and they work under direct sunlight. However, their government employers are conscious of the heat's impact. If we work for 1 hour, they let us sit for 5-10 minutes. If we fall ill in the middle of the road, we call our chief supervisor. He comes immediately and gives us ORS and all that. 
he gives us ors and medicines and he provides whatever treatment is required but if things go out of hand they send us to the hospital a doctor sits at the municipality office we get help from that doctor he doesn't take any money if we fall sick they give us whatever medicine they have for free if they don't have something then we have to buy it this is the benefit that we have we also have the swasthya sathi card for 5 years and if we have some big illnesses we have to use that so this is how we make do shastho sathi is the west bengal government state health insurance scheme it provides basic health cover for secondary and tertiary care up to rupees 5 lakh per year per family the premium is borne by the state government On the same roads that these municipality sweepers clean is the under construction building where Habibul works but his work conditions are different We have to rest and work rest and work when it's too hot I go sit inside the building to cool down my body then when my body cools a bit I work again that's how the work is done We sit for 5 to 10 minutes not every hour maybe once in 2 3 hours If we sit once every hour what will the owner say will they give us the money they will say is he working or sitting they won't allow us to keep sitting He is recruited by contractors and the owner of the building decides the terms of his work the owner decides the timing and duration If he gets injured during work the owner buys him medicines but there is no arrangement for heat related ailments Jagdish Patel who works in occupational health and safety rights explains how contract workers are deprived of many rights workers nowadays are not organized most workers are uh, contract workers who have no voice they cannot raise their voice they cannot raise their demands and uh, governments uh, all state governments and state uh, central governments want to invite uh, investments to generate uh, employment so they are uh, keen not to add on to the uh, legal provisions so even the existing legal provisions are not being enforced and uh, governments are keen to see that the ease of doing business uh, is being uh, done so that uh, industries feel comfortable so if you are making any suggestions which may add to the investment of the industries they won't uh, accept and the governments want praise but uh, as as a civil society we will have to press for uh, uh, larger breaks for these particular workers who are working under extreme heat and we keep on hearing from newspaper reports that uh, several uh, workers die they don't use term worker but they use people uh, die of heat stroke particularly in north india every year and uh, though there are no studies how many of these people who die 
were workers, but uh, I believe that most of them must be workers. He says that in general, it is very hard to get doctors to certify a disease, illness or death as one caused by occupational hazards. His trace is concerned how to assess the damage, uh, how to certify and if they certify, uh, how it will not harm their profession or themselves. Because we have seen in case of occupational disease that most uh, uh, doctors get scared in certifying that this is occupational. Even though, even though they know that this is occupational, there is some fear, unknown fear, or sometimes known fear. Uh, some doctors they think that, oh, I don't want to get involved into any court proceedings or police and so on, and therefore I won't write. And if they don't write, uh, the worker cannot get benefit. The workers are contributing from their salary. So it is a right. And in spite of it, uh, we have seen in ESI that uh, doctors get scared and uh, they don't uh, diagnose occupational diseases. Even simple uh, noise in deafness or skin problems, even such diseases are not being uh, diagnosed. Uh, on, on part of worker, worker most times he does not know that this health condition is because of the exposure at workplace. So he would not insist. Uh, he is interested in the relief. And if he is getting relief, he is satisfied. Second thing, some workers who know, they again are scared that, okay, if uh, um, this disease is uh, certified as occupational, I may be get fired and therefore they don't want to insist upon it. So this is a little complex issue and uh, but as far as heat it concerned and if there is death then uh, no one should hesitate in, in, in uh, certifying it. As it is difficult to have a worker certified with work-related illness or death, on the other hand, it is also difficult to have heat-related illnesses and deaths certified in general. Dr. Dilip Mavalankar says that the official number of heat-related deaths account for only 10% of the real figures. During medical studies and training, our doctors are not really taught how to diagnose heat or other environment-related ailments. The most accurate way of doing it is by measuring the core body temperature. This is done with a rectal thermometer, which is not available in most hospitals. Heat-related illnesses and deaths are usually certified by ruling out other possibilities. Unfortunately, there are not many places where health impacts are measured or mortality impacts are measured and correlated with the heat. They should also monitor all-cause mortality or total mortality in each city, each district and correlate it with the temperature so they will know whenever heat is there how much mortality increases. NDMA asks each city government, district government and state government to develop their own heat action plans and implement them in the summer. Plus they have also set up a national system of reporting heat related illness and deaths. And that monitoring has also started. So we capture how many people developed heat stroke and how many people 
died because of heat stroke. Heat-related illnesses and deaths have to be tracked in a more systematic manner. When we have data, we can realize the scale of the problem and take appropriate action. Jagdish says that we also need data on how workers specifically are affected by heat. We will have to collectively uh, find out the workers who are badly impacted uh, by heat and uh, we will have to assess the damage and uh, get them compensated. At least those who, who have got heart attacks, those who die. So if they have died, then they should be compensated under ESI Act or EC Act. And uh, for the unorganized sector, uh, government will have to create a fund uh, to compensate uh, the, their families. ESI Act or the Employee State Insurance Act of 1948 is for employees earning rupees 21,000 or less per month as wages. The employees registered under the scheme are entitled to medical treatment for themselves and their dependents, unemployment cash benefit in certain contingencies, and maternity benefit in case of women employees. There is also provision for a disablement benefit or a family pension in case of employment-related disablement or death. So this is one thing we should do uh, very urgently because uh, I have not known any case uh, even by ESI which has been compensated uh, as a result of heat stress. Uh, we will have to have uh, the academicians, doctors, activists to work together to find out and certify and identify the workers who are getting this thing. Secondly, those who are working in extreme heat, uh, they will have to be trained and made aware about uh, the hazards as well as their rights. And this the trade unions uh, can do wherever they are. And uh, but. Even when there are no trade unions, it is the health department which should carry out the campaign of health education. So this is very important that government can do, state governments and central governments uh, will have to uh, come out with uh, strategies to impart health education uh, by various ways and uh, make an investment into it. Yeah, uh, the, so the panchayats and municipalities and all all uh, can come together in this uh, campaign of health education and identifying. So they can uh, also come up with some helpline number where workers can uh, approach them and seek guidance or uh, file complaints about the problem regarding heat. And uh, there should be a plan. Uh, to help uh, as soon as you get uh, uh, on helping and the complaints or uh, uh, the uh, difficulties, there should be a plan how they can be helped. And for that, uh, there should be some uh, funds available uh, uh, under this uh, state and the central budget. 
Although it may seem beneficial for employers to not provide safeguards and benefits to workers to combat heat, that is not the reality on the ground. There are massive labor losses when workers are pushed to perform in unbearable conditions. A 2013 study of rice field workers in West Bengal, published in the Industrial Health Journal, found that the hotter it gets, more productivity is lost. Almost 80% worker productivity is lost when the temperature is around 35 degrees and 100% productivity is lost when it reaches 45 degrees Celsius. A 2021 study published in Nature Communications found that in India up to 200 hours are lost per worker per year due to heat. In total, the productivity lost per year in India is equal to a loss of 23 million jobs. All these things, that is, the workers who are damaging their health, workers who are dying, that all impacts the productivity. And not only productivity, that very badly impacts the economy. So if the governments are thinking that by by not uh, paying attention to the health conditions of workers at work or the pollution at work or by liberalizing labor laws, uh, they are promoting uh, economy, it is not so. They are leading the country to, to more economic losses, more losses in GDP, uh, which needs to be calculated and brought to the notice of the government and they have to be convinced. But workers' voices have been weakened to an extent that uh, no amount of noise reaches to the right ear. And with climate change, things are only going to get worse. Temperature, centigrade temperature has risen. The prediction is it will rise in next 30-40 years to 2 to 3 degrees or 4 degrees higher. That means that we have to make our heat action plan more and more stronger in next 10 years so that when the temperature goes to 3 to 4 degrees higher, we are still able to combat its effect on human health. I asked Habibul what would he ask for from the building owner or the government? Would he want paid leaves during heat waves? Does he want medical benefits when he gets sick from exertion in the heat? Or perhaps he wants his work hours changed and adjusted like it was done in Orisha or even for the Kolkata municipality workers. But Habibul has no hope. Who will give us money? The government or who? If I don't work for a day, no one will give me money. Would you give? If I do your work today, you will pay me. If I don't do your work tomorrow, you won't pay me. No one will pay. Of course, it would help to have the work hours changed. But has that happened? No. I don't want these things. Because even if I ask for it, I will not get it. So there is no point in wanting these things. Please rate our podcast and leave a comment if you like it. Underreported and underrepresented stories can become mainstream only if it reaches more people. So please support us by visiting our contributing page on our website sunoindia.in or follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram.